Hello, welcome to Politics Weekly. Uh, I'm Vin Peterson, and uh, my father uh, is with me today. Hi. Yeah. So, the topics of today include a controversial marriage law in Tennessee, um, abortion restrictions across the country, Judge Jackson finally being confirmed, and President Biden's budget announced for the next fiscal year. I can't wait, Vin. It sounds very exciting. Okay, sounds good. All right. Um, We'll start with President Biden's budget. Um, It includes a lot of things. Um, It includes a new um, wealth tax on any individual making over $100 million, which is not the people who are in this listening demographic, I can almost guarantee. But... Vin, spoiler alert, it's not our family. Yeah, but... Very few people will qualify it Less than 1% of the US population Um, And it basically is a 20% tax on wealth Over $100 million I think we'll be safe Yeah Yep, and it also raises the corporate tax rate From 21 to 28% It also includes much more money For renewable energy As well as more money for things like infrastructure, particularly on ports, as well as pandemic preparedness and mental health issues and climate resilience, things like building seawalls and mitigating the effects of climate change in urban areas and pumps, as well as $10, million, $10 billion for um, U.S. Postal Service delivery capacity for mail-in ballots as well. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and... That's what's in it, as well as more funding for Native American care abroad. Um, so it includes a lot of stuff. The commi- the nonpartisan committee for a responsible federal budget praised uh, Biden's plan, though it still said it would leave us on an unsust- what they describe as an unsustainable trajectory. Unsustainable because why? The deficit is still high, but... I see. There are some things in here that progressives in particular might not like because it includes more federal funding for law enforcement as well as more money for the military budget. Though, some people argue that that's misleading because the percentage of military spending comparative to GDP will decrease slightly. I see. What do the deficit hawks have to say about this budget? I don't know. To be honest, though, um, all those deficit hawks voted for the tax bill that added some $2 trillion to the deficit, so Mm. they're kind of dishonest. Agree. If you ask me, that's my opinion. Judge Brown Jackson was confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court on a bipartisan 53-47 vote, with three Republicans voting for her and every single Democrat voting in favor of her, including Manchin and Sinema. Okay. Yep, three Republicans, including Romney, Murkowski, and Collins, voted in favor of the nominee. Now, she was a circuit court judge. Correct. And she got three Republican votes when she was confirmed before. Who were her three votes before? Collins, Murkowski, and Graham. Romney voted against her on the circuit court, but voted in favor on the Supreme Court, and Graham voted in favor of her on the circuit court, but against her on the Supreme Court. Hmm. Did either Graham or Romney have any sort of explanation for their... Graham says that he votes with nominees that he wouldn't normally vote for on the circuit court out of tradition, he says. Mm-hmm. And Romney, I think, just was impressed with her testimony and decided to give her a second go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And her rulings in the past, so that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when she gets on the court, 
She's replacing Stephen Breyer. Okay, so is that going to make any real impact on what people expect decisions to come out of the court? Not much, to be honest. It won't do much to change the court six to three conservative majority. I would suspect. Mm, it's like a super majority. Yeah, almost. So there's probably going to be very little impact on the court. Okay, when does she start? She starts next summer after the end of Breyer's current Supreme Court term. Okay. I'm curious why people like Rob Portman or Richard Burr or Roy Blunt, um, people like that, because they're not up in 2022. Um, and they can vote so they don't have to worry about it, so they can vote however they'd like. So why didn't they vote in favor of Judge Jackson? I'm curious why. Yeah, I guess they just want to be terrible, you know, when they're going out the door as well as while they were, uh, you know, serving in the Senate. Yeah, I don't understand that. But nonetheless, and Oklahoma, they passed a complete abortion ban from any point of conception, um, with the only section being life of the mother, no exceptions for victims of rape or incest in Oklahoma. Wow. Yes. It's like the one they passed in Alabama a few years ago, but it was struck down by, I think, a circuit court because it was unconstitutional. Right. Mm -hmm. So, oh, that is just crazy. Isn't and, that against Roe v. Wade? Yes, it is. Which okay. I, yeah, and they also passed a law similar to the Texas law in Idaho, basically the same concept of using a bounty and they need it after six weeks. Oh, man. Wow, we're just going to have a vigilante country going after abortion providers. Yeah, and people who drive people to clinics as well. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So, it's these laws, though, these bounty laws are incredibly clever because it's technically not against current legal precedent because it's enforced by private citizens, not the government, so they can essentially avoid immunity from the law, which is it's a brilliant design on avoiding constitutional law, but, you know, I'm not in favor of those laws personally. Right. There's nobody to sue. Yeah, exactly, other than the private citizens. Right. And Tennessee, I think, introduced a common law bill for marriage that would, I believe it was a men, I think it, it was about, it had no age requirements originally, and it no age requirements for marriage. Yes, like babies could get married. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, basically legalized incest for children. Essentially, did anybody in Tennessee get married? No. Like any five-year-old. But keep in mind, there was an amendment later to put in a age requirement for the bill because public at backlash was so big. So the original bill had no amendment. Had no. But the, but the bill's writer still defended the lack of an amendment in the previous one and said that one was unnecessary. Wow. And I think this would, like, restrict same-sex marriage and basically restrict same-sex marriage and only allow civil union, I think. Isn't that against Obergefell v. Hodges? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. That's what we thought with Roe v. Wade, but mm. it doesn't seem to be... Seems like state legislators are using some sort of tactic to avoid it, right? Do they have like a vigilante force to uh, to turn people in that were getting married? Um, no, I don't think it does actually. Whether it has a vigilante system or not, hmm, okay. But that's interesting. Um, and also, 
Yeah, President Biden's budget seems to mostly touch on a lot of things that he mentioned on the State of the Union address about addressing things like manufacturing and other things. Do you know if anything in this fiscal year's budget is different from the previous fiscal years? Other than increased taxes, no. Okay. And some additional spending for renewable energy and and police and mail-in voting. Oh, I see. Okay, so those are the big differences. As well as supply chains as well. Hmm. But don't... So don't presidents' budgets not get passed all the time? True, yeah, that, that usually happens, and then usually the Senate and the House will do a compromise budget for the president's signature, right? Okay. okay. But that's what usually happens, but... We'll see. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh-huh. There are something, like, Biden touched on that he would fund the police and not defund the police during his State of the Union, and his budget seems to reflect that. Oh, that's right. I remember he said that in the State of the Union. He gave a stark rebuke to some more liberal-leaning members, the most liberal-leaning members who wanted to cut police budgets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though that's not really what the federal, though the federal government doesn't have much responsibility in that. That's usually left up to state governments and local governments. Okay. But still. It also includes... Yeah, and Biden, he late he signed a bill recently that would um, reform the post office. It repealed the 75-year prepaid health care benefit and pension requirement in 2006 mm-hmm. and also increased transparency in finances. Okay. And it signed into law as a bipartisan bill. Okay. In 2006, what happened was it was a bill that would basically require the post office to prepay its health care and retirement benefits for the next 75 years. Mm-hmm. And it, the, it started from a $900 million profit to like a $1.2 billion loss the next year. Goodness. I think it was an attempt at privatization probably so private companies could fill that gap, right? Oh, perhaps, yeah. I don't really understand why they did it. All it did was just make people complain about the post, the post office. Yeah, essentially, and... George's not making it better. Hmm, that's a different topic. Yeah. You know, Biden can't fire DeJoy directly, actually. Is that right? Yes. Is that why he's still there? Yes. Hmm. It's fired by a postal board of governors who have specific terms. Okay. So he doesn't have much control over it. Okay. That's going to be interesting because there's been some complaints about mail delays and losses uh, over the past several years, Mm -hmm. even when before the prepaid pension requirement, everything was working fairly normally. Mm -hmm. Many people expect, many people think that it it would still be turning a profit if it weren't for that pension requirement that Bush signed. Oh, well, we'll see then. Yeah. Now that it's been changed. Will it turn a profit in 2022 or 2023? Yeah, okay. Or just a smaller loss. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, yep, anything that you want to touch on? No, I think that the points you made about the Biden budget were very interesting. I hadn't heard about that crazy Tennessee marriage law. That was a bizarre thing that uh, somebody would introduce in the year 2022. Yes, I know, it's odd. I'm excited to hear about Judge... Uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson I think that's super exciting Very historic indeed First black woman and the first public defender since Thurgood Marshall By the way Ah, That's great, I know, I'm excited to hear What she has to say on the court And read her opinions And likely read her dissents Yeah Mm -hmm. And you could already read some of her opinions She has like some 570 of them That's right 
Was she the one that was do- that did the Pizzagate ruling? Yeah, she was the one who sentenced the person who carried a rifle outside of the Comet Ping Pong. She was the one who did that. So that's why they were all targeting her for child pornography. And oh. it was a t- I think that's partially the reason. Didn't she do something with Donald Trump's um, taxes or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said that... Uh... And a few rulings on immigration as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm again, I'm excited to hear her in argument and to um, read her opinions. Yep, and Stephen Breyer, he's he served for a while. I think he was confirmed like 96 to 4. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was confirmed 96 to 3. Anthony Kennedy was confirmed unanimously. So it's amazing how Supreme Court n- nominations have just changed so dramatically in terms of how much more partisan it became. Yeah, advice and consent has changed considerably. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of changed the course when more radical nominees like Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas came, and then things got a lot more contentious when it previously wasn't contentious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's all I have to say for this episode. Uh, remember, stay above the noise and peace out.